Hello, and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Raven, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today, we're going to have a very interesting show. I have invited the founder of the Global Peace Tribe, Scott Katamas, to be my guest today to talk about his awesome work with the Global Peace Tribe and Awakening World. And this man is just prolific. I'm so impressed with what he's doing and what he's up to and the way he is influencing the world in an incredibly positive way. A little bit about his background, you'll come to understand why he's doing what he's doing and how he's able to do this massive amount of production. Uh, Scott is a multi-time Emmy Award winner from doing educational TV shows back in PBS a number of years ago out of LA. He traveled across the country and uh, helped teenagers get a handle on being a teenager over those difficult, challenging years for us all. So he's done hundreds of shows there. He's also the founder of the Love Coach Academy, uh, which he's training people to be relationship coaches. And God knows so much of our lives hinges on our ability to have healthy, harmonious, happy, and nourishing relationships. So Scott is working from the micro to the macro, and that's what he's up to these days. And it's, uh, it's beautiful to see, and that's why we wanted to have him on the show, as well as to talk about, in a very timely way, we're in Earth Week, and we'll be doing Earth Day through A Better World and Planet Heart and several other uh, co-sponsors that we have, including Global Peace Tribe. So uh, Scott and I are uh, partnering a little bit on this as well. So I want to just welcome you to the show, Scott. It's just a pleasure to have you on A Better World. Well, thank you, Mitchell. And yeah, it's all about, isn't it interesting you call your show A Better World? I call my show The Awakening World. And there are two different ways of saying the same thing, that uh, we are really dedicated, all of us, you know, in the peer group that you and I are blessed to be a part of, to playing our role, you know, big and small, um, in really making this a better world, an awakening world. Exactly. So thank you for all that you do. Of course, my utter pleasure. You know, I feel I, sometimes I tell people, Scott, that I feel like I, I came out of my the womb this way. You know, people say, like, how did you get into that? Well, into what? Contributing to society? I mean, isn't that what we're here to do? <laughs> so it's like, where's the mystery in that one? You know? I, I love that you say that. I was born on Christmas Day, and oh. I literally grew up with a Messiah complex. Um, I literally thought it was up to me to save the world. And by the time I was 10 years old, I was freaking out because I was old enough to begin to grasp how big the world was and how small I was. And of course, the point of it, that's how I saw it. That's how you saw it. And um, often now when I'm teaching a large group, I'll ask how many of you believed at some point in your life that you're here to save the world or you're here to make a great contribution? Almost everybody raises their hand. And that's an interesting thing. There's some part of us that all deep down know this is a very pivotal time in human history. It's a very pivotal time in consciousness. Our consciousness has to catch up with our technology, right? Um, uh, that's a big part of what Timothy Leary was talking about yep. in his final days. 
Um, and we see it now again with AI, you know, is AI going to take over because AI is, is more, it's clearly more intelligent, right? And so our consciousness has to catch up really rapidly. You know, I like to kind of refine the use of the word consciousness, which is used so much, mm -hmm. and actually take a look at the word that's so related to it, Scott, conscience, mm -hmm. and look at this whole phenomenon of emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. Our society is so weighted in the direction of intellectual intelligence, mm -hmm. but we have emotional, we have physical and kinesthetic, and we have spiritual intelligence. Mm -hmm. All of those are key components of the whole human being slash species. That's what yeah. we've been given. Yeah. And I think that one of the places we're out of balance, you know, with my background in Chinese energetics, you know, we're always looking at balance between the elements. And we're way out of balance in this regard. So to your point about AI, I think it's such a good one. And it's like becoming almost thunderous almost every day and uh our emotional intelligence and maturity needs to really get upgraded pretty quickly because it's monstrous what is going on here with ai which they can ai can actually decide that human beings are not worthy of the cause <laughs> you know? well we hey let's face it we're we're parasitic Right, right now, and this is a good lead into into Earth Day. Right now, we are parasitic, um, and Mother Earth is being incredibly patient with us. Um, but we do we are a danger to the planet. We are a danger to the other species. And when a parasite reaches the point that it is a danger to its host. The host has to find a way to get rid of the parasite. Very true. However, the parasite can shift its behavior and become a bit more like, let's say, a tree and just or a flower and be aligned with the Tao, if you will, aligned with Mother Nature's rhythms and circulatory system and yeah. nervous system. And yeah. in that way, be one with instead of as you're saying perpendicular to yeah and uh right so it's true so you and i are both big fans of earth day we've both been honoring it in many ways for many years uh myself in new york you out on the west coast and uh we're coming together global peace tribe a better world planet heart with andrew kane uh, we have uh, Institute of Global Education. We've got several other co-sponsors to make this event. And I remember you were saying when I was telling you about who I lined up for this year, and every year we actually have a spectacular roster of folks that just love being on. Uh, you went, oh my God, I know all those people. I love them all. Let's do something together. You know, yeah. I love your, your enthusiasm about that. And yeah. um, in fact, you know, we have uh, we have Lynn Twist of the Pachamama Alliance and the Solar Which is my favorite nonprofit organization. I've been uh, I actually took the training and was, you know, doing their teaching their 
uh, Awakening the Dreamer course way back, gosh, 10, 12 years ago, I think. And oh, wait, uh, wait, wait a minute. Are you my brother on the West Coast? Because I did the same thing. <laughs> I interviewed Lynn when The Soul of Money came out in 2008. Wow. Well, you've known her longer than I have. I, I didn't meet, I knew her through Pachamama Alliance, but I was just one of the minions. I didn't really get to know her until we started doing Saturday Night Alive for the Global Peace Tribe. I and love that. When we started doing that, thank you. Really? We started doing that, and I got, and she became a regular, and and now I've gotten to know Lynn, and she's been on the show many, many times, and yeah. she did fundraising for us. You know, nobody asks for money better I than Lynn, so. I took her workshop, fundraising from the heart, mm. and it was fabulous. But asked me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, I can ask for money for other people, but for myself, I I, I know it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. So you know Lynn and I know Lynn and I love her. And of course, our beloved brother Chief Phil. And Chief Phil Lane, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And uh and Dwayne Elgin, who's out in your neighborhood. I was yeah, and I was just with Dwayne at the Holo movement at the Senate, That's you know, right. Network. And my Dwayne and my dog. I don't know if you saw those photos I, I sent you. I saw them. You sent them to me. They had a love affair. I, it was so sweet. I mean, I, you know, it was oh, really funny. Exactly. I loved it. I loved it. And by the way, I meant to say that I too taught Awakening the Dreamer and the online course as well and helped yep. to organize the fundraisers for them. Not for a better world, but for Pachamama. You know? Oh, good for you. So, we're we're aligned. It's so funny. Yeah, it's that's great. amazing. Um, not to mention the astrology. Uh, then we have a gentleman that you may not know. I'm not sure. Dar Jamal. I don't. This no. amazing journalist who's okay. been on the front lines of journalism in the Middle East and everywhere when things were really dicey in Iraq, in Syria. Lebanon. I mean, he's just been really wow. frontiersman, if you will. Wow. And he also happens to be um, an environmentalist and a mountain climber. Mm -hmm. And he wrote a beautiful, if sobering book called The End of Ice. And I just fell in love with this guy a few years ago when he uh, wrote it. And I had him on to talk about it. Basically, Scott, it's a story, a chronicle of how the ice in the highest places on the planet is melting. Yeah. And he, as a mountain climber, could not climb in the same ways for fun, for love. Couldn't do it. Wow. And it's a chronicle about that story that we all need to hear because the top people on the planet who know about ice and mountains and water, glaciers, you know, are telling this tale. So we've had him, we're having him on as well. Um, a fellow named, another fellow you may not know is named Richard Lackey. He's behind the scenes in something called the, the World Food Bank. And people mm -hmm. have heard the World Food Program and they say, oh, I know that, but no, they actually don't. This is interestingly a for-profit company, but he's using social entrepreneurship to help empower and help become prosperous a whole new middle class in Africa 
among farmers. Hmm. So one of the stories he's told me, for instance, is that he's taking uh, farmers who are barely making $400 a year to $8,400 a year. Wow. Phenomenal. Using regenerative agricultural practices. Wow. And he also bought a media company and he's using the airwaves for educating people about this in a really fun edutainment, he calls it, like we've all used that word from time to time, edutainment. So he's educating through entertaining means. So everyone gets it. And they're applying all over Africa. This is what's going on. Wow. And you wouldn't know it, you know? Wow, I really look forward to meeting him and learning more about that. That's yeah, really exactly. Beautiful. Just awesome stuff. And uh, so impressed with him and all of the people. Uh, John Schull is another fellow uh, entrepreneur who did a tremendous amount with prosthetics. And I met him at a, in a global futures gathering online during COVID. Um, but uh, he's done some amazing things with prosthetics. And he's taking the same mindset and bringing it to restoration of habitat and ecosystems. So he founded something, a co-founder of the, uh, what is it called? The Eco Restoration Alliance. And there, you know, there's a lot about planting trees and a billion trees a year and all that, which is fantastic, except when you understand that the trees that you plant should be native to that habitat, that ecosystem. And that's mm -hmm. a lot of the work he's doing, doing some work in Senegal, in Pakistan and several other places on the planet. So it's just, it's mm. juicy stuff. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. you know, it's right up your alley, <laughs> you know? And yeah. And, and so of course you're going to be having your big event on Friday. Um, and, uh, and if you give me screen sharing privilege, I can pull up your poster or you can pull it up because I'd love for people to see what you're doing on Friday. And then of course, share with people that they can catch it on Friday night on your channel. Or they exactly. can catch it Saturday night on mine. Exactly. That's exactly right. I love that. Uh, let me see if the share screen will work here. Uh, it's just me a co-host and I can share my screen. There you go. Okay. Is that it? Okay. So here we have our, our wonderful co-sponsors. Thank uh, you. Then this, and this is the... There it is. Our dear friend Roland Marconi made for us. And there you have the lineup. Chief Delane, and I'll, I'll be speaking, and Andrew Kane will, as he usually does, offer a poem, and That's I great. give a talk at the end as a wrap-up, you know. And, and you've got our beloved Kristen Hoffman. Kristen and I were just texting each other this morning. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. I actually owe her one myself. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. Yeah, Kristen is awesome. We have incredible musicians. Kristen and her very dear friend, interestingly, Pramit Russell Tubbs, who has played with John McLaughlin and Wayne Shorter and who just passed away not that long ago. Um, you know, just amazing people. What do we have here? Oh, a little better photos of everybody, um, including me. Uh, here's Pramit 
And I didn't know, but I was interviewing them both not that long ago. And they end up to be old, old friends and musician buddies from mm. Meek and uh, Kristen. And John Wubbenhorst, who is in the Adi Da community. Plays we're, actually still, we're, we're actually still seeing the bottom of that first page. It has oh, a switch over. Ah, ah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Okay, so I'm going to put an end. Sometimes you have to stop stop sharing and then go to the, to the new image. Exactly. I'm going to give it. Yes, exactly. Let me do that right now. All the technology that we get to learn, right, by doing these shows. But isn't it amazing that we can be at home? I always joke we're all, you know, wearing yoga pants or pajama bottoms. True. And we can, you know, be interacting with each other all around the world. And it, exactly. it's pretty amazing um, how that, that can happen. And, you know, you know again, it. COVID had got, you know, compassion for the people who suffered from COVID. But it did bring the world closer in in and it and it would have been a good time to invest in Zoom stock. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I regret it. <laughs> Zoom stock's gone up 25, 25 times. 25 times of what it was before the before COVID. You know, Zoom had been around, but we never really tuned in to how valuable it was. Yeah. Now we've got it, you know. So we can have you in Tiburon on with me in New York City. Yeah. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, you it's, and I both go internationally as well. And it's it's just awesome. Yeah. You know, underneath, I want to get to something and hear what you have to say, Scott, about what you think Earth Day can do for actually advancing our current condition, which we know is literally plain with issues, like I was talking about Dar's book, The End of Ice. You know, this is happening in real time. Totally. You know, this isn't like kid stuff. This is, we're really talking about the sixth extinction, which yeah. our friends, you know, I was with Swami Biondananda last night, Steve Behrman, who is interviewing me. And one of the premises was, you know, how does this Earth Day differ from all other Earth Days? Sort of a la the Passover question, yeah. you know, and um, we were laughing about it, but we were also crying. And I, one of the first comments I made was, I laugh as much as I do is because I'm keeping myself from crying because mm. I might cry so much when I really behold, Scott, the conditions in which we're living. And while it's beautiful, it's also painful to behold what we've done to our precious planet. I'd love to hear what you have to say about that conundrum we're living in. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, it's sobering. Um, I was trained by Al Gore to be a climate project presenter back in 2009. And so once or twice a year, I'd go to Nashville and meet with you know, the people that he was training. And a lot of people that were way more advanced in understanding what's going on with the environment than I am. And they, many of them said, we're already past the tipping point. And that was back in 2010. And of course, the ice is melting much faster than the models. Yeah. It is all it is all changing. Um, 
And so it can be really scary and terrifying. Um, and I have compassion for anybody who's listening who, you know, it 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 it's scary. And I think I'll take a spiritual perspective. Please. We are one with the earth. We are children of the earth. We're, however you want to say, we're drops in the ocean of God. We're, you know, we are cells and imaginal cells in the new paradigm. And so definitely do practical things, recycling, supporting Pachamama, supporting a better world, um, planting trees. Do the practical external things. But most important is raising our conscious, raising our consciousness, or as you said, our conscience. And really treating, really learning to see each other as divine, see our planet as divine, and changing the way we see ourselves, uh -huh. replacing shame with divinity, replacing judgment with compassion. As we change our consciousness, as we change our awareness, that's how we create a better world. We don't have control over what Putin or Biden or Trump or any of those guys are going to do. We have total control over how we treat our spouse or our kids or our parents or the person checking us out at the grocery store or the person serving us food. We have total control over how we control, how we manage our relationships, including our relationship to the earth. So I'll close by saying, if you want to change the world, change your relationships, because that's what you have control over. Hallelujah, brother. I love that. And I'm going to add to that something that Paul Hawkins said about global warming. And it is, maybe it's not happening to us, but it's happening for us. We're being given the opportunity, if you look at it from this purview, just like you brought forth this beautiful spiritual one, and mm -hmm. I'm totally aligned with that. So too, we see destruction that we, as Mother Earth ourselves, Mother Nature ourselves, mm -hmm because this is not separate from us, have helped to destroy ourselves, which, by the way, also means jeopardize our relationships. And we're all not really consciously suicidal, even though it's as though we are, if you really stand outside the paradigm and look in. So this is an opportunity to see how we've soiled our own home. That's mm. kind of the way I look at it. Mm -hmm. And in our home are our cherished, sacred relationships to Earth and to each other, which is just echoing your good points. Mm -hmm. Anyway, just wanted to put that on the table. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I see what we're doing. And Lynn Twist brought up a beautiful point in our uh, interview the other day that will be used in the... Earth Day celebration, and that is 
you know, you can talk about numbers and statistics about ice melt even and carbon dioxide in the air and all of that until everyone is blue in the face and probably snoring because, you know, you and I, that's, we're not scientists in that kind of way. Mm -hmm. And that's not how we look at the situation. We look at the situation as lovers, as living, loving beings. And when we see, you know, the funny looking giraffe and its life being jeopardized by the foolishness of water pollution or poachers or, and little, you know, two-leggeds and three-leggeds lives are jeopardized, which shifts this quality of our soil, you know, and that's affecting our nutrition and our food. That's what reaches us, you know, mm. beautiful animals, fish, birds yeah. are going to not be there. Yeah. And for our kids, that's not good. That's what reaches us and talks our language, if you will. That's right. And that's what I felt she was right on. Yeah. Talk the language that you and I both love, the language of love. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's because there's an innocence. You know, you see the giraffe, you see the the polar bear, you see the seal, and they're innocent. They haven't created global warming. They just want to live their lives as as nature intended. And we are the ones responsible for impacting them. And so taking responsibility for the consequences of our choices. And it's a, a tricky one because doing that without falling into shame. Because when we fall into shame as a coach, what I've learned is when yes. you're in shame, we go into paralysis. When we go into paralysis, we go to the freeze reaction of the reptile brain. And then we're just an overwhelming paralysis. And then we feel even more shame because we aren't doing anything and it becomes a spiral down. So we have to take the, the pain of seeing that giraffe getting poisoned by drinking you know, bad water, or the polar bear drowning. Um, we have to take that pain and, and feel it and use it to light the fire of urgency to do whatever we can to do things differently which again, usually comes down to our own relationships. And treating exactly ourselves true, better, brother. you know? Um, Self-love is not selfish. The people I know who genuinely love themselves are the people that are doing the greatest work in the world. They're the great, they're the, the limb twists of the world. The people who don't love themselves are the ones that are selfish and grasping and constantly give, give, give more and more and more because they don't have a foundation of self-love. So no matter how much power they get or how much money they get, it just pours through because it's it's a it's a, a vase with an empty hole at the bottom. Exactly, exactly. In the Buddhist tradition, it's called the hungry ghost. Yes, okay? exactly. It's yeah. an archetype. Uh, Steve Behrman was talking with me a bit about this last night in a frame, a Jungian frame that he's used is uh, the vampire archetype, or yeah. I, I like the Buddhist version of it, that it can never be filled. Yeah. And I talk about relationships. I know we're almost finished here, but, uh, you know, just to kind of echo another point that you're making about the, the salient importance of relationships, 
is that I was saying to him in the interview, you know, those people who are so voracious and acquisitive and grabbing and controlling, and unfortunately, they happen to be the political leaders of our planet and the captains of industry, very often, not always, are people who didn't feel love so now, I didn't say they weren't loved, but their perception was that they were not being loved and cared for and attended to the way they, their soul probably wanted. And so they come out later in life seeking, as you're implying, to fill that emptiness. Okay. It won't get filled by the material world, man. That's not how it works. Well, but, you know, from, from a... From a a medical standpoint, if you will, people that suffer from narcissistic personality disorder, it begins in childhood when they didn't receive empathy at a critical point in their lives. They came to the conclusion that who I am is not worthy of getting needs met. Therefore, I need to create a persona that's charismatic um, to get my needs met but they themselves, because they didn't receive empathy, have become stunted and don't know how to give empathy. Um, and that's that's a quick sure, diagnosis. But of I like that. I, yeah. I like the way you connected those dots, and I think there's a lot to it. I really do. That's a, That was quite brilliant. I like that. Are we out of time? We are out of time, but not too out of time for you to give your contact information to our audience. Yeah, you know, the best bet is go to globalpeacetribe.com. Go to globalpeacetribe.com, register, join join us. It, you get the links to all of our shows. We do three or four original shows every week with amazing people. Some of them are famous, like Michael Beckworth and Marianne Williamson. And others are the next generation of wisdom keepers that I love to share with the audience. So right. go to globalpeacetribe.com, um, or you can write to me at Scott at globalpeacetribe.com. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, you've invited me to co-host with you Saturday night. We're going to have a great time. As you mentioned, exactly. Yeah. We'll yeah. be re-airing what we do Friday night, Saturday night for Global Peace Tribe. Yeah, and, and in addition to airing what you already did, we've got wonderful live music on Saturday night with Destiny Love. She's awesome. And Omashar will be playing music. So we'll, we'll show a clip and we'll play some music. And we'll show a clip and we'll play some music. Um, so it'll it'll be a wonderful evening. Scott, thanks so much for being on A Better World. So you're a beautiful man doing great work. I am, but only your sacred mirror, my brother from <laughs> another mother. <laughs> I am just the downloader, that's all. <laughs> thanks again. Namaste. 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 Oh, I know where you got that. <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed that as much as I did. This is Mitchell J. Raven for About the World, and I look forward to seeing you Friday night, April 21st, and April 22nd with Scott. Thanks Great. again for joining, and I look forward to seeing you all next week. Take care, everybody. Okay, I know there's a button around here for pause. <laughs>